I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today, Snoops and Sleuths, I'd like to introduce you to author Zara Keen. Did I get your name right, Zara? You did. Yes, you did. Yay. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you for being on the show. Would you like to tell my Snoops and Sleuths about your books? Sure. I am Irish, as you might hear from my accent, although I currently live in Switzerland. And I write two cozy mystery series, both set in Ireland. And they're both heavy on humour, light on gore, and very much character driven. And each has its own little love story that's a sort of a slow burn love story that develops throughout the series. And I'm having an awful lot of fun writing them. That's great. I love the way you describe your books. They just sound like the ideal cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I absolutely adore reading cozies, and for me, it felt like a natural fit to write them. Yeah, I know the feeling. I, my first cozy mystery that I read, which was a cat who mystery, I just made me fall in love with the genre, though it took me some diverting from science fiction to actually get into the cozy genre. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, because I, I started out in romance, not in mysteries. As in, I started writing in romance before I wrote mysteries. And I am absolutely loving the switch to cozies, I must say. I've been writing cozies now since, I'm quickly thinking, since 2016. And it's, it's been a blast. So are any of your books inspired by your actual life? Sort of. I think that there's an element of me in both of my main cozy characters in one series that the longest running series is the movie club mysteries and the main character is an American who moves to a, a remote Irish island and she was sort of inspired by some of my own interests I'm a huge classic movie fan so the idea of having yes I, I heard that in one of your other interviews that you're also a classic movie fan and I just really loved playing with the you know her hobby is is watching classic movies and how the sort of her movie club gets involved in solving crimes it was a lot of fun and my mother is american and she moved to ireland when she was i think 20 and my main character is slightly inspired by her because she's got that slight fish out of water but not entirely fish out of water like she's not <laughs> totally clueless about living in ireland and so on but she's still she's she's not quite one of them either so there's this nice sense of getting her set up in the community and getting her integrated in the community, but yet she still has that sort of, that slight layer of distance as well. And it's been fun to play around with that. Oh, it's always been one of my dreams to go to Ireland. Yeah, it's, it's lovely. I, yeah, I think particularly at, at uh, the moment, as, as we're recording this, we have this whole lockdown business in Switzerland. Nobody's going in, nobody's going out. Um, so I can't get back to visit my mother in Ireland and that is, that is something that bothers me at the moment because I usually try to go back regularly. Yeah, I'm sure it does. So, you know what, since we were talking about uh, old movies, do you have a particular favourite? Gosh, I have so many. I'm a huge Hitchcock fan. I've Ooh. watched all of his umpteen times. I've used a couple of his, his titles too sort of riff off from my own cozy mystery titles. For example, um, Dial M for Murder is Dial P for Poison. Oh, nice. Um, I also love one that is not 
doesn't quite fit into the cozy genre because it's a bit more in the romantic suspense, dark suspense is, is Rebecca. That's one mm. of my favorite all time movies. Um, there's just so, so many. Um, yeah. the, I love going back and, and watching old favorites again and again. And each time I get something new out of them. Yeah, that's what's great about a good classic movie. My favorites are the Thin Man series. Okay. I, I actually have for my book, my main character, who's also a cozy or a classic movie fan, because, well, I am. Yeah. Uh, her <laughs> first date is her and her love interest sitting on the couch eating Chinese food and watching The Thin Man. Oh, lovely. And I have plans for later in the book, she's going to end up having twins, and she names them Nick and Nora. Oh, brilliant. I love that. And I'm currently working on the second book in the series where I actually put in some Wizard of Oz references, because she's That's... trying on wedding dress shop, wedding dresses, and she says, I think I saw a character come out in a dress like this once, and she was writing in a magic bubble. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. But um, yeah, there's, I think what's great about classic movies is the fact that you can always find something new in them, no matter how many times you watch them. Yes, exactly. It's also the same with like your favorite book. I can read the Cat Who series, I don't know how many times. And there will still be something that I didn't pick up the last time I read it. Yeah. I feel that about Dorothy L. Sayers. I've read her books so many times. They're not quite cozies because they're more vintage crime, but still it's, it's the same idea of, of revisiting favorite characters and still finding new bits and new nuances that you didn't see the last time. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone who's writing their own mystery or cozy mystery or just writing in general? For somebody who is at the absolute beginning, I would say that the most important thing is finishing a story. And this obviously is very pat advice and anybody listening is going to go, oh, well, yeah, of course, of course I need to finish the story. That's the hard part. What I would say to that, though, is that you can help yourself an awful lot if you narrow your focus. If you say, okay, for my very first story, maybe I'm not going to have 17 subplots, which by the way, you really should never have unless you're George R.R. R. Martin, and even then, maybe not. <laughs> um, but in today's world, like there's nothing wrong with writing a novella length story. If you wrote something that was 15 to 20K, it's a great way to train yourself to get a beginning, a middle, and an end. And it's still long enough that you have some character development in the story. And you can always, once you, because for me, I found that the, the big click was once I, because I used to be queen of the first three chapters. I have so many stories that were three chapters long and somehow I never got past them. <laughs> and for me, the big breakthrough was when I finally finished a story. Because whenever I start a story, I have to be honest, it's still equally difficult now. I always sit at the beginning and I think, I have no idea how I'm going to finish this. And I have no idea how I ever finished one before, but I know that I did finish it. So therefore I can finish this one. And I think that's a great sort of mental block that you can overcome if you just get yourself to the end. Oh yeah, I, I understand the whole, 
how did I finish the last one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time. Somehow Every time. I did do this before. Because yeah. <laughs> right now I'm in that land. It's like, how did I write my first cozy? How did I even figure out the aha moment? Mm-hmm. But it does happen sooner or later. It happens. Actually, exactly. One of my favorite quotes is, for your first draft, you have to remember you're just filling the sandbox so that eventually you can make sand castles. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that is something that I did not realize when I started writing. I thought that, you know, I had to have the entire story in place when I was writing my first draft, that each scene I had to have the whole thing perfect. And I really I really thought that, you know, a second draft was just filling in the odd plot hole or fixing typos and stuff like that. And I can say quite honestly, I am a rough first drafter. My first drafts are lean. They are not good, but they don't need to be. They have the skeleton of the story there. And I absolutely love revisions. I'm an absolute diehard revision person. I get so excited when I get my developmental edits back and I have, you know, rough words on the page. They aren't good, but I have a vague idea of where this is going. And then I could tackle it and really polish it into something that I'm proud of. Yeah, that's, you got to learn to be a fan of the revision. You've yeah. also got to learn how to, you know, take that humble pie a little bit and <laughs> admit to yourself that, okay, you did not write the greatest thing in the world for your first draft. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually it will become what you thought it should be. And even then, sometimes it's not the greatest thing in the world to someone, but it will be to someone else. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. You know, you always have to remember that whenever you get to the end of the story, your story is going to be somebody's maybe least favorite book ever, but it might also be somebody else's favorite book ever. You don't know that. So, um, yeah, absolutely. The most important thing is getting past that first draft stage, embracing the revisions, not being too proud to just roll up your sleeves and go in there and make it the best story that you can. And yeah, I think that something that often gets forgotten when we talk about writing books is, is the fact that it is actually quite honestly not all that different to playing a musical instrument or uh, making art. Like you have to practice, you have to, to do it and practice and get better. It's not like you just magically sit in front of the computer and words come. And if words don't magically, magically come to you, it means that you can't write. That's not true. So true. Some, and that's such a, a pit that we as writers fall into. It's like we've been, I don't want to use the word trained, but we've come to expect just from reading that this just happens. And if yeah. we can't make it happen for us, we must not have the talent. Exactly. When in reality, you're just experiencing what it really means to write. And that's, there are going to be walls you need to chip through. There are going to be plot holes you fall into. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And to, to go back to your question about writing advice, uh, I'm speaking obviously to beginner writers when I'm talking about getting past the first draft, getting past the first story. 
for people who want to learn more about writing cozies in particular, I found that Sarah Rosette's book and also her course on how to outline a cozy mystery was really good because it's not just about how to outline. It's more the elements that go into a mystery and the sort of the structure of, of your story. I found that extremely useful for me. Ah, I might have to look into those. I didn't even know someone had made yeah. or written books on it. Sarah is a, she is a cozy mystery author and she wrote a non, she has like, I think two non-fiction books now on writing and one of them is called How to Outline a Cozy Mystery and it's done in a workbook style so that you know you get questions as you go along and you fill them in and for me it was quite it was it was quite funny because I had been writing in a I, I was writing a romance series and I was trying to come up with a new story idea and somehow I just kept coming up with this story idea that was more fitted for a cozy mystery. And this was, I would say, two weeks before NaNoWriMo in 2016. And I came across Sarah's book, the nonfiction one. And I read it and I filled out all, all the sheets. And I wrote the first draft of my first cozy mystery during that NaNoWriMo session. So yeah, that was fun. That does, that's, that does sound like fun. I actually wrote the second of my book during NaNoWriMo and yeah, I kind of wish I had had someone to help outline, even though I am a, they call it pantser, but I prefer the term word gardener. Yeah. I am a word gardener through and through. Usually I just let my character tell me the story, but yeah, I wish I had known there was a way to outline a cozy mystery. <laughs> I think that I'm probably, I, I kind of call myself a plotzer. It's, it's a bad name, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm somewhere between a plotter and a pantser. And it's taken me a lot of years and a lot of books to figure this out. But I work best when I have a very broad picture outline of where the story is going before I start and a more exact idea of where the first three chapters are going. So I kind of plot as I go. I'll plot the first three chapters. And then what, regardless of, of what is in my outline for those three chapters, the characters are going to go and do something different anyway. Um, they'll sort of pretty much dictate to me what needs to happen. And I can respond to that when I'm planning like the next three chapters. And that's kind of how I go. So I plot, then I write, then I plot, then I write. Yeah, that's a really smart way to go about it. Yeah, it's, so, I think it's, it's one of those things that Writers have their own process that works for them. Sometimes their process changes as time goes on. Mine certainly has. And you just have to experiment and figure out what works best for you. Yeah. So how can my listeners uh, find you, follow you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. That's probably the best way to find me. Um, my, I'm under Zara Keen Author on Facebook. I'm also on Goodreads and I have, obviously I have my author website as well, where people can look up my books and get in touch. Any closing words of advice to my listeners? I would say, don't be afraid to get things wrong. I think it's, it's far worse not to do anything. 
Um, it's okay to fail. It's okay to, to screw something up. And that's the only way that we learn. That's some great advice. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, listeners, you've listened to another great interview on The Cozy Sleuth. And please remember to join us on Twitter at The Cozy Sleuth. Until next time, I'm Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.